This sermon is brought to you by Shofar Christian Church. We hope that you will be blessed by this message. Our audio and video sermons are also available on Shofar TV to download and share. Okay, hello everyone again. Um, so just for those who do not know me, uh, my name is Dani Griev. Um, I'm from Wolfish Bay. I grew up in Wolfish Bay and went to school in Cape Town in Paul for two years, studied in Port of Strum for four years, and been back in Wolfish Bay for the last three years. I'm currently busy with my articles at PwC. Um, I'm sharing that also specifically because it's going to tie into something that I want to share now, now um, regarding my studies and regarding what I'm currently going through. Um, so we've been talking about, for the last while, for this year, we've been talking about growth. We can see here, we say, let's grow, to great, grow together. Um, it's all about growth. We, spo- we said we're focusing specifically on community and worship and prayer. Um, but this morning, I'm going to look into something a little bit different. Um, we've been focusing a lot on, I think, a lot of times prayer and worship and community is very corporate-focused oftentimes. And what we're going to talk about this morning is a bit more individual focused. It's a bit more focused on what we go through and what we go through in our lives and why we go through certain things possibly in our lives and what God is busy with when we go through those situations. We're like, where are you, God? And why am I going through this? Where are you? Is this from you? Is this the enemy? Do I need to rebuke or do I need to pray? Where do I need to find myself right now? Um, and just talk a little bit about those situations and those things we can go through very often and it's sometimes difficult. It's the difficult times. I want to talk about those trials and tribulations that we go through that we see in Scripture and what does the Scripture say about them and how is it possible to, to say that I have joy in suffering. It's a crazy statement. <laughs> it's a crazy statement to say joy in suffering. Like, it doesn't make sense. Um, so we want to talk about that this morning. Um, and how does it look like? How does inward growth look like? What does the inward growth look like? Do we have to go through that? Um, is it from God? Is it from the enemy? Um, why does it happen to us? Why is it necessary? Is it the stuff from God that you have to go through this? You sinned and now you need to be purified. <laughs> or is it something that God ordained from the beginning for a reason and for a, for a purpose? Um, so I'm really trusting this morning that, that God will give clarification. I'm really sense this morning as well, as well, while we're praying that that this morning God will come and give clarification on things that people are maybe currently going through or have gone through in the past. That where they previously were like, yes, but why? Why, is I, why am I going through this? That God will really come and give clarification this morning and together with the clarification that he will replace it with a purpose. Um, that there where there was uncertainty that God will replace it and say, listen, but there's a purpose. There's a reason for this. And... I can really, this morning, it's really tough for me to stand here because I'm sharing really out of a personal place as well. Um, I can honestly say 2019 thus far has been the two toughest months, almost two months, that I've gone through since giving my life to Christ in 2015. Um, When I gave my life to Christ in 2015, I was in a very difficult place. It's not as bad as it was then, as that I went through that time. But since then, it's, it's really been difficult. So I really want to say this morning, I'm sharing out of a place of going through these things currently. I'm not even saying I'm, it's done, I'm still going through it. So I'm really sharing this morning out of a personal place. I'm going to try and be as vulnerable and as real as possible because I know exactly 100% what it feels like. Um, none of us go through the same thing. Um, but there's always been someone that's gone through very similar what you're going through. 
Um, and we've got the Holy Spirit, the Comforter, that's always with us. So something that also happened, so I'm currently studying to, to be a CA one day, hopefully. And last week, not this Friday that passed, the Friday thereafter, our marks came out for our second board exam, and I did not pass. Um, I didn't pass my second board exam. Um, I did not expect not to pass, being honest. Um, I really thought I was going to pass, and then the marks came out, and I'm like, I didn't react that way. I started crying immediately because um, it was not what I expected at all. Um, it's not what I, how I planned my year. I did not plan my year to do my exam again um, because now I have to rewrite my exam again in November. It's a whole year of studies where I thought, Yo, at least there's finally a year where I do not need to study and I can focus on a couple of other things. But it's not how things ended up. And the question that I need to ask myself at that situation of being in tears is, Donnie, can you say that God is still good? <laughs> can you find joy in suffering in that moment of th- something happening that you did not expect, that did not want to happen? And it's difficult. It's, it's not easy. Um, and I'm going to share a bit more about that, of how I've been working through it since, since that moment. And before I say anything else, there's a video that I would like us to watch. Um, it's a video of John Bevere and his team that created it. It's a short film called Abandoned. So, Annette, put it up, please. Everybody has a hero. Okay. Come on. Mine's my dad. Yes, I get it. Since mom died, Go. it's only been us. He has a way of filling my life with color. Dad, which one? Sometimes I don't understand his advice, but I trust him. And what always brought us together was our love for running. One day, I'll be faster than him. And when I am, I'm going to win every marathon in the world. Abby? What's wrong, champ? Or at least that was my plan. I'm losing my sight. And real quick, read to me the lowest level that you can see on there. What is called is interocular melanoma. Eye cancer. Unfortunately, you will lose your vision. That was the day my father disappeared. Okay. Dad! Wakey, wakey. Ready to run, champ? Come on. I thought he would always be there for me. I was wrong. Dad, where are you? Dad! (laughs) You abandoned me. Where are you, Dad? Where did you go? Do you not love me anymore? Am I still beautiful? Are you no longer proud of me? How could you leave me when I need you the most? Dad? Dad? Dad, why did you leave me?
Abby thinks I've left her. And as much as it pains me to hear that, she's right. I've left her. The best that we can do is can save the actual eyes so that cosmetically she doesn't lose them. That's my girl. That's my girl. That's my little girl. There's support groups, and I know this is a very difficult time. No! I've left her to realize she's more courageous than she ever imagined. I've left her to discover how beautiful she is from the inside out. I've left her to challenge herself in ways she never considered. I've left her to discover how strong she really is. me, baby. Why did you leave me? I was right here. I was always here. Where did you go? I was always here, baby. Listen, no one believes in you more than I do. Far you've come. My dad says he gave me what I needed, not what I wanted. You ready? Yep. Folks, what we're seeing here is amazing. This is a testament of true love. Love is allowing someone to see their true worth and beauty. I used to think my dreams were over. I thought I'd never run again. And even though I can't see my dad, I know he's guiding me the entire way. In the moments where you go. Um, I think yeah, I've watched that video now a couple of times already, and each and every time it really cuts my heart. Um, yeah, I think it's so true to what we go through oftentimes. And if you put Father God in that situation, where I think there are so many situations where God has protected us that we never even got to see it. For example, that bicycle that the girl, the girl, never, the girl will never knew there was a bicycle that almost hit her. She will never know it, but the Father protected her. And I think there's so many times in our lives as well where God the Father is protecting us and guiding us and we don't we're not even aware of it the 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 arrow that was meant to cut our hearts never even came near us and that's how good and how faithful our, our god is and to know that the stuff that we go through the things we go through are temporary and it's not eternal um, and there is a purpose and that's why the the heading for this morning's sermon is furnace of purity 
pure furnace of purification, sorry. So it is the furnace that we sometimes go through that is not meant to burn us, it's not meant to harm us, it's not meant to destroy us, but it's meant to purify us. It's meant to make us more like Christ. And there are many scriptures in, in that talk about the trials and the tribulations that we go through. There are many there are many various scriptures and it would not have been talked about that much if it's not real, if it's not something that we're gonna go through, if it's not something that, that was ordained for us. So this morning we're gonna go and we're gonna look at a couple of those scriptures and we're gonna see what what those scriptures are saying. And I, I want to start off by saying every trial has a promise. Amen. Every trial has a promise. There is no trial that you will go through that God will not give you a promise for the end of it. Um, as we said, it's not eternal, and every single trial does have a promise from God. And we're going to look at those scriptures, and we're going to see that even in those scriptures, every time there's speaking of the trial and the tribulation, it's God giving a promise for why the trial is going to happen. Um, and each and every time it's there. And oftentimes we just read the, the first part of the verse saying, join suffering. What? Like, what? Why? How? But then if we just read a bit on and we see, but this is what is going to happen. This is what the joy in the suffering is going to produce at the end of it. So the first scripture I want us to look at is James 1, verse 2 to 4. And it's up there. So it says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But that patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Let's read it again. My brethren, count it all joy when you face various trials. So there's the crazy statement, the verse 2. Count it all joy when you face various trials. And you're like, what? How can I count it joy when I face trials? It does not make sense. But then look at verse 3 and 4 that just follows on it. And it says, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect, complete, and lacking nothing. So we can know that when we're facing the trial, when we're going through that trial, our joy is not most of the time, I don't know about you, but my joy is not found in the trial. <laughs> my, no, my joy is not found in I'm not passing APC. I'm not joyful in that, but I'm joyful in knowing that God is doing a good work. I'm joyful in knowing that God is going to produce patience in me, knowing that I'm going to do it again this year, I'm going to try again, and if I don't make it this year, I'll try again next year, and faithful, patience will be built even more. <laughs> and that is the joy. That is the joy knowing that by the end of it, I'm going to look back and say, I look more Christ-like than I would have without it. Knowing that me not passing APC is God's perfect will. It's the best he had for me. The best that he could have had for me in my life is saying, you're not going to pass now. And that's okay. And the, as I said, the joy is not found in not being able to pass. The joy is found in knowing it's going to build patience. And that patience, that it may be perfect, complete, lacking nothing. God is building us and creating us and putting us through trials and tribulations and situations in our lives so that we can lack nothing. Because the moment you go through something, 
by the end of it, you, sh- you should have a testimony. You're going to have a testimony. If you have God in the midst of your trial, and you're going to look at the end of it, you're going to have a testimony, you're going to proclaim God, you're going to be a witness to others, and God is going to be glorified. And you're not going to lack anything, because you're going to be glorifying God, God is going to receive the glory. And that's amazing. But when we keep our eyes on the trial, and we're like, what? Why me? Where are you, God? Why do I need to go through this? And then we just look, look at our eyes, look at it differently, and we say, God, I know that you are with me. I know that you're going through this with us. There's not a situation that I can go through that you are not standing alongside me. Okay, so let's look at the next one. Romans 5, verse 1 to 5. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have access by faith into his disgrace in which we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. And not only, not only that, but we also glory in tribulations. What? Glory in tribulations. Does it make sense? Knowing that tribulations produce perseverance and perseverance character and character hope. Now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out into our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. So what I first want to say that we must see in that scripture is that it starts off by saying we have been justified by faith. And that's always the starting point. The sanctification and the purification process always it will only start after giving your life to Christ and being accepted by Him, knowing that you are perfect and He loves you just as you are. You do not need to be purified before He loves you. Okay? Does everyone hear that this morning? You do not need to be purified before He loves you. He loves you first. You are first accepted. You are loved just as you are. He sees everything, the deepest secret of your heart that you don't even know about yet. He sees it and he still loves you. Okay? Then the purification starts. So we're first accepted and justified by faith in right standing with God. We come into this loving relationship with him, knowing that he's our father, knowing that we're able to call him father, that he's God almighty, that calls us to relationship. So out of this morning, I also want to say that we're not, God did not call us into religion. He called us into relationship. So we were never called to come and do a bunch of laws and regulations and don't do this and do this and that, 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 that. Then we're just coming back to the law and it's not going to do anything and it's not going to be very fun. It's not going to be very fun to be a Christian where it's just a bunch of do's and don'ts. But our joy and our love and all that is found in the relationship with God the Father, knowing that He's with us and He's standing next to us. Okay, amen. You guys with me? Okay, then the scripture goes on and we say, and we rejoice in the hope of, glory, hope of the glory of God. Okay, so that's, that's also where the scripture goes and says rejoice. So it's rejoicing over and over. Joy, continuous joy that cannot end because the glory of God is never ending. So we, we're rejoicing in the glory of God. And that glory of God, it's, it's everlasting. So when your joy is found in something permanent, your joy should also be permanent. But when we find our joy in temporary things and temporary lasting things, then it's going to tend to jump up and down. And something that I also realized with this whole APC thing two weeks ago is sometimes God will take away something of this world for you to realize why you're really here. 
So God will take something worldly away that probably was an idol for you to realize, remember why you're here. You are not here to become a chartered accountant. <laughs> you are here to glorify my name and to bring my will. It's not about what you think your life should go into. And that is so much bigger. And sometimes we need to go through these processes. We need to go through it. And that's why I can stand here and say, thank you, Lord. Because probably I would have passed and it would have been over with. I would never have gone through this process that I'm currently going through. It would never have happened. And there's still a whole year lying ahead of me, so I don't know what's still lying ahead. <laughs> so really, we can look back and say, but okay, there must be a reason for this. And sometimes it's going to be difficult. Sometimes you're really going to need to seek God. Sometimes it's going to be a while of silence, and it's going to be a while of wondering. And that's not because God is pushing you away or is um, not wanting you to know. It's sometimes he's building something in us that needs to seek him. I don't know if you guys know, but when you first come to Christ and you first gave your life to him, then it's so easy and everything is joyful and you see God in everything and you just want to talk about him and you just hear God and you see God and he's everywhere. And then, sometimes, then, then all of a sudden you go through a period where you're like, yeah, God, I'm not hearing your voice. I don't know where you are. I don't know what's happening. And it's not that God has disappeared. He's just growing something else inside of you. He's just teaching you to seek him. You need to diligently seek him. And he, he can only teach us to diligently seek him when he's not standing right in front of us. So it's not that God is saying, I'm going to remove myself from you for a while. It's not, he's still there. He's just teaching us something. And that's why we need to go through it. And that can only be accomplished when we go through the trial, when we go through that process. Um, so let's look further into the scripture. And it says, so we rejoice in the glory of God. So the, the glory of God, and not only that, but also glory in tribulations. Like what? It just said glory of God. Now it's saying glory in tribulations. Like how can God and tribulations be? What? Like when I read this, I'm like, oh. Then it says again, knowing. Knowing that tribulation produces perseverance. And perseverance, character. Character, hope. And hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. So our glory is found in knowing God. Our glory is found in knowing God and knowing, the knowing that He is with us, knowing that through the tribulations that we go through, He's building perseverance. And by the end of the perseverance, He's giving us hope. And what hope? Hope in Him. Hope in knowing that He's going to be with us. Hope in knowing that He's with us. Open seeing him and keeping our eyes fixed on him. He's the hope of glory. Knowing that one day we're going to be standing next to him, being with him in his presence for all eternity. And the last, the last part of that scripture also really stuck by me as it said, the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. Because hope does not disappoint. So not in one moment of that whole process was the love of God separated from us. During the whole process, during every single moment, as we said in the beginning, the justification of faith in the beginning, in the whole process of sanctification, God's love will always be poured out into our hearts. It's always there for every single moment. It's right there next to us, inside of us. 
and it will never be separated from us. Let's look at the next scripture. It's quite a well-known scripture. John 16, verse 33. These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. So we can know that there is no trial that you can face that God has not overcome. There is not one trial that you can go through that God has not already overcome, that God has not already paid the price for, that God has not already covered you for, that He's not already gone ahead of you for. Knowing that you're going to go through this, there's not one thing that He's going to bring you to that He's not that He does not know you're capable of going through. He knows you're capable of it. He's already placed inside of you everything you need to go through what you're currently going through. It's not something you need to fix from the air or fetch someone else or need someone else next to you to help you. People can help. I agree. Community is very important. But everything that you need is already inside of you. You just need to fetch it. You just need to grab hold of it. Sometimes you need to look back and see what you've gone through, knowing that God was there in the past. I can stand here looking back at 2015, knowing that when I went through those things at that time, I can see how God was faithful. I can see how He was there. I can stand here today and be a testimony of those trials that I went through, knowing that, that those trials were the reason why I came to Christ. And I could stand, at that moment, I could have said, oh, man, the enemy. The enemy is everywhere again. Don't we do that also? It's, it's alta defiant. <laughs> so saying, God, I know you're here. So there are stuff that the enemy is real, but God is so much bigger, and oftentimes we give him way too much attention. <laughs> way too much. He does not deserve as much attention as we give him as believers. We should shift all that attention to God. Saying, God, I know you're in me. I know you're in the situation. I know you're in that person. I trust you. I will search to see you in the situation, no matter how difficult it is. Because I know you're here. I know that you brought me to this. I know that you're going to take me through this. But we need to make that decision. No one is going to make that decision for you. No one can force you to make that decision. Because people can tell you, God will place people around you to encourage you. But you're going to need to sit down and say, I'm making this decision. I'm making this decision to see God in this situation. There's a scripture in Psalms where it says, I prepare a feast and a table for you in the midst of your enemies. That's crazy. Because it's not God saying, I'm going to remove your enemies or I'm going to take your enemies away from you. No, no. I'm going to prepare a feast for you in the midst of your enemies. So while the circumstance isn't going to change, but what I'm going to change is I'm going to change your attitude towards it. I'm going to change how you feel it. I'm going to change how you experience it. And that's the testimony we have. Because we can be at the workplace or any situation where everyone else is going through whatever, and we need to be the believers of the light and the salt of this earth that's saying, but there's a God, and I'm not going to let the situation shake me. I'm, going to not, I'm going to not going to react the same as all the others are. Because in the midst of my enemies, in the midst of the situation, I know that God is faithful, and I'm going to sit at this table that God has prepared for me. Because the table is there, we just need to take a seat. No one can force you to sit at the dining table. You need to go and sit. 
So I really want to encourage everyone that if that is you, you need to take a seat. Just go and take a seat. So the next scripture is Romans 8 verse 18. And it says, For I consider that the sufferings of the present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that shall be revealed to us. This is again a crazy scripture. The suffering of this present time is not worthy to be compared to the glory that will be revealed to us. So, so what are we doing when we compare what we are going through to the eternal life that we will one day have with God? Like, can we imagine how it's going to be one day in eternity? Being with God in His presence, in heaven, singing, glorifying His name, with all joy, a fullness of joy, a fullness of peace, a fullness of love, lacking nothing, forever, for eternity. We cannot even grasp how long it's going to be. Forever, in heaven. That's what's waiting for us. That's what's waiting for us one day in heaven. Is it just me that's happy? Is anyone else joyful about this? <laughs> it's amazing. How can that be compared, what we're waiting for one day, to what we're going through on earth? It's not worthy to be compared. Our sufferings are not worthy to be compared to what we wait, what's waiting for us one day in heaven. It's going to be amazing. We should, I cannot wait to be in heaven one day. But I know while we're here, God's got a purpose and He's got a plan and there's a reason why we are here. So if we keep our eyes on where we're going to be one day and the crown of glory that we're going to receive, there's a song that sings, I will wear my cross until I receive my crown. And that's speaking of saying we're going to deny yourself, pick up your cross and follow me. It's taking up your cross and following Jesus until the day that you're going to be with Him. And how often is our eyes fixed on this thing in front of us instead of looking up, instead of having an eyesight of eternity? How much different would the decisions be that we make? How much different would our words be that we speak? It would be so much different. Look at it, think of all the change we can bring if we have a sight on eternity. Well, how would our time differ? the things we spend our time on? Would it not be so much different? I think what we've been sharing about the last while as well is just how the fight is totally in the spirit. Everything we're going through is spiritual, but we make it so fleshly. We make everything we go through so fleshly while it's, we're looking at the total wrong thing. But when we have our, our eyes set on eternity and we allow God through our spirit to see something from the spiritual side, how we attack, not attack, but how we take on the situation is going to be so much different. Because we're going to turn to prayer when we wanted to turn to words and confront someone. And I'm very guilty. <laughs> Always wanting to confront instead of, okay, God, let's pray about this. Trust you. After I've prayed and I received peace, then maybe God will tell you to go and speak to someone. But it first needs to be spiritual. Because we are spiritual beings. The moment you gave your life to Christ, your spirit came alive. And that spirit is the spirit that's connecting with God. So we need to turn our eyes. We need to turn our ways to, to be spiritual. Setting our eyes on heaven. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared to the glory that will be revealed to us. 
Do we believe that? Do we truly believe that? We need to set our eyes on heaven. And so God takes us through this purification and he takes us through these trials and he takes us through these difficult times so often. And it's all about a purification process. It's all about looking more like him one day. And the example that I once read in a book that I want to use this morning as well is if you take a gold ring, say the gold ring is 12 carats of gold. So what 12 carats means is that 12 out of the 24 carats is gold, so it's half gold, half other elements. Um, if you look at that ring, you will not be able to see the impurities. I will not. Maybe there are some other people that will be able to, but I definitely won't be able to tell you that's 12 carats or that's 11 or that's 20. That's a very close to real gold. I can't do that. Um, so oftentimes those impurities are not visible from the surface. It's not visible from the way we look at it, and it's not visible to our natural eye. But if you put that ring of gold, the 12-carat gold, and you put it in a furnace, and it gets boiled, the impurities are going to rise, and the natural gold, the pure gold, is going to stay below. And what's going to remain is pure gold. And then you can wipe away the impurities so that only the pure gold remains. And it is exactly the same with us. We have impurities that are often not visible until we get placed in the furnace. There are impurities that most of the time only rise when we get placed in the trial. It's not that they weren't there before. They were always there. It's very easy to be happy and joyful and nice and, Hi, Johannes, <laughs> all good, when it's going well. But wait until it's not going well. When you're going through a tough time and you're stressed at work and it's going tough at home, all of a sudden there are a couple of impurities that are going to start to rise to the surface. And I know for me, when I first gave my life to Christ in 2015, the first thing that I had to handle that God convicted me of was my anger. I had a very bad anger problem. I got very, very angry very quickly um, since a young age. Um, and I knew God convicted me of it very early to try and handle it. So I placed a lot of scriptures on my wall, and I memorized scriptures, and I prayed about it, and praise God that it did work a good work to really, they are not at the, it's not at the surface close to as much as it used to be. Um, so I really glorify God for that. But I, I, I could see the last while, I could, 2019 thus far, while I've been put in these trials, all of a sudden that impurity is coming, I'm like, what? I thought, this was, I thought I handled this three years ago. <laughs> I thought this wasn't who I am anymore. But uh-uh, there it is. It's still there. And when it rises, we have the decision. You can play the blame game. No, it's because of that and because of this person and because of this situation. And ach, if that person didn't tell me that, then I wouldn't have said that. And we can do the blame game, which we do so easily. Or we can say, there are a couple of impurities I need to sort out. There are a couple of impurities that I need to speak to God about. And I need to clean this up. And I'm not saying that all those situations are from God and that He puts you in those situations where people are acting in an ungodly manner. I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is that God can use those situations to make us more pure. 
Um, so please hear me in that. I'm not saying that all those situations are from God um, when someone is acting in an ungodly way, but I am saying that God can use those situations to make us more pure and make us look a lot more like Him. So, as I said, we need to, we need to grow in that. We need to be aware of it. We need to open our eyes to see those things. Um, because our natural me, usually, my first response is defense. Like, ah, near. You're wrong. This is not right. You acted in the wrong way. I'm correct. <laughs> and then I would get quiet and I'll be on my own and I'm like, eh, thank you, Holy Spirit. <laughs> I was the one that was wrong. I need to sort this out. I need to clean myself. So we need to be open to it. Um, we need to be open towards what God wants to show to us and what God wants to clean up in our hearts. So the, the last scripture that I want, want us to read is 1 Peter 1, verse 6 to 9. And this one really brings it all together um, regarding what I want to share this morning. And it says, In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials, that your genuineness of your faith, being much more precious than gold, that perishes, Though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ, whom having not seen you love, though now you do not see him, yet believing, you rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, the salvation of your souls. I'm just going to drink some water while that scripture sinks in. Hello, Josh. <laughs> okay, so do you guys see that the genuineness of your faith being much more precious than gold? So if gold, if gold needs to be purified and we are much more precious than gold, we need to be purified as well. God is coming back for a pure bride. He's coming for a back for a pure bride. It's not the bride of Shofar, it's the bride of Christ. The kingdom of God. We need to be kingdom mindseted. I also want to share that this morning. Um, we always need to look at the bigger picture of God's kingdom and not the kingdom of any small body of believers. It's always more important than anything else. And what I also want to say in the scripture is this. There's two things. The, the first thing is knowing that the purification is taking place inside of us, knowing that we are being purified. The second thing is, is knowing that the other person is also. The people around you are also going through that. And their impurities are going to rise at certain situations. And then you need to make a decision. Because you can look at the impurity. It's like, ah. They're sinning again. Why are they acting that way? Or you can say, God, show me the gold. God, show me the gold that you are creating in this person. But you need to decide. You need to look for the gold. Because your natural eye 
and what we are used to and accustomed to in this world, we'll always look at the impurity first. We will always see the impurity and, ah, no, look at how they're acting. Politicians, people at high places, always, we will always look at the impurity. But what gold is God creating? What gold is God busy purifying? And we need to look for it. We need to see it. We need to, and recognize the gold in people. How often does people's, the gold that is being purified be rec- how often is it recognized? How often do you only tell people about their impurities that they're probably already aware of? And they're just waiting for someone to recognize the gold. They're just waiting for someone to see that there's actually something good in there. And can't we as the church, shouldn't we be the people that recognizes the gold? Because we know that God is busy with the same process inside of us. Knowing that exactly the same thing happens to us. Shouldn't we? Yes, no? Yeah, amen. We should. We should be that people. And we need to trust God with that. We need to be intimate with Him. We need to be close to Him. We need to ask Him to help us. Back to the, to the scripture as well. Where it says, Though now you do not see Him, yet believing, you rejoice. Again, rejoice over and over and over with joy inexpressible and full of glory. So now it's joy and it's glory. It's both of them. Receiving the end of your salvation, the end of your faith, the salvation of your souls. And as we said now, now, isn't that the greatest promise of all? Isn't that the greatest promise of all, knowing that we're going to have the salvation of our souls one day? Having salvation and meeting God one day in eternity is the greatest thing we can ever expect. And if there's anything that you, that you find more joy in than knowing that you're going to be in heaven one day, then you need to go and speak to God about it. Because <laughs> then there's something that needs to be sorted out, sorted out. If there's anything that you're like, but I first want to do this before I go to heaven, <laughs> then you know there's something that needs to be sorted out. Because then there's a couple of idols. Because coming to heaven, going to heaven one day should be the greatest joy and we should be ready for it right now. If it happens right now, it will be the greatest thing that can ever happen. <laughs> there is nothing greater. And we need to check our hearts. We need to check our hearts regarding those things. Because it's so easy to get caught up in this world. It's so easy to get caught up in your career, caught up in the lives of your children or your family and I just want to see them grow up and I just want to see this and I just want to see that and I'm waiting for this milestone and I'm working so hard to achieve that. And if Christ comes now, is that okay? Are we excited? Amen. Do we want Christ to come now? Yes, we do. It will be amazing. Going to heaven is the greatest thing that can ever happen. And when we have that joy, I'm turning this into a salvation and evangelistic message, (laughs) but when we have that joy of knowing that we could go to heaven one day, how much more will we want to help others? How much more will we want to go out and tell other people, listen, there's a God that loves you. There's a God that wants you to be in His presence one day. And that's what it's about. We get caught up in all these theological debates and theological stuff 
Let's go to heaven. Let's preach salvation. Let's preach the message and the gospel and the good news. Because it's so good. The good news is so good. Amen. <laughs> okay, so the greatest promise we can ever have is the salvation of our souls. And that is greater than anything we can ever go through. That is greater than any situation we can face. So, this morning, if you are here, um, if you feel like the trials are tough, if you feel like the things that you are going through are really difficult and you just want someone to pray with you, if you just want someone to encourage you, if you want someone to stand with you, maybe you need some advice, um, I would like to encourage you to come forward afterwards and we can just pray together and trust God for that. Um, if you feel like what well, I shared now about going to heaven and you, there are a couple of things that came up that you felt like you want these things before going to heaven and you would like to pray with someone regarding that, um, I also want to encourage you to come forward, please. And if you have never given your life to Christ and you're not, and as you are sitting here, you're not sure whether you will be receiving that promise of salvation. If that promise of salvation that I've just spoken about, if you are sitting here and you are not sure whether if you die now, you will be receiving that promise, I would also like you to come forward and we can also pray together. Um, because it's the best decision you can ever make. There is no decision in this whole life that you can make that will ever be better than the moment you gave your life to Christ. And anyone that has made that decision can testify of it. It is, life of being a Christian is amazing. Um, so, really want to encourage anyone with that to also come forward. So I'll just close off for us in prayer. Yes, Father God, we just thank you that, that we can be here with you, Father. I thank you, Lord, that, that being with you is the greatest gift we can ever receive. Being in your presence, Father, being with you one day is greater than anything we can ever imagine, Lord. I thank you, Lord, that you give us the ability and the honor and the you yeah, are the right standing to be able to be in your presence. I <laughs> thank you, Lord, for, the, for your word, Father, that you left us to teach from. All these scriptures we can read, Lord. I thank you, Lord, for them. I thank you, Lord, for your word. That we can come and read these scriptures that were written so many years ago and it's still so relevant today. We thank you, Father, for that. We thank you, Lord, that we can still do that. And I thank you, Father, this morning that I can lay each and every person that's here before you, Father. You know each and every person individually and so personally, Lord. You know exactly what each one is going through. You know exactly where each one finds themselves, Lord. And I thank you, Lord, that you just speak to each and every person right now, Father, as they're sitting there. Right now you speak, Lord. If there are situations that have come up while I've been speaking where you are wondering, where was God? Why did I go through it? I'm just going to give a bit of silence and I just want to, to allow you to see God in that situation.
There is no moment you can find yourself that God is not there with you. I just see this river and this dam that's flowing and it's full of life. And now there are people standing at the edge and they're tiptoeing and they're feeling the water and they don't know if they should go in. They don't know if they should jump. And I see the river as symbolic of the eternal life and the life of God and the salvation and glory and presence of, of Him being with us. And I want to encourage you to jump. Jump into the river. Let go. You don't need to be in control. Father God, I thank you, Lord, that we do not need to be in control, Lord. I thank you, Lord, that we do not need to know what happens tomorrow, Father, because we know that you are in tomorrow. I know we know that you are there tomorrow, Father. We thank you that we can know that you are here today, Lord Jesus. I thank you, Lord, that we, don't, we do not need to worry about tomorrow. I declare it in Jesus' name. Because you are already in tomorrow. If there's anyone that has a worry and a fear about tomorrow, I really sense God saying you do not need to worry. He's already there. Father God, I thank you, Lord, for your word that is living and real and alive, Lord. I thank you, Father, for the relationship that we can have with you, Father, knowing that you are with us, knowing that you are next to us, knowing that we can speak to you, knowing that we can, we can reveal our hearts, knowing that we can share our hearts, knowing that we can just declare our hearts before you, laying it before you, Lord. I thank you, Father, that we can do that. I thank you, Lord, that you see the deepest secrets of our hearts. You see our deepest insecurities, Lord, before we even know of them. And you still love us. You see all our insecurities. You see all our impurities, Father, and still you say, I love you. And we thank you, Father, for that, Lord. We thank you that you love us so much, Lord. That you sent your Son, Father, and you wash us clean every single day. That your mercies are new each and every morning, Lord. And Lord, we thank you that you will be with us through the rest of the Sunday, Father. I thank you, Lord, that you will be with us through this week. I thank you, Lord, that you will help us to clean our impurities so that we can look more like you, Lord. I thank you, Lord, that we can be joyful and find glory in our sufferings, no matter how hard it may be. We declare it in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you for listening. Remember that our sermon audio and videos are also available on Shofar TV. Go to www.shofaronline.tv to download and share.